Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Yes, praise the Lord. You've been, you've been so supportive and they're blessed. This is the body of Christ in action and it's beautiful to see and to know when, a, when times come, the, the people of God, they just, they open up. We've been talking uh, the past several weeks about Jesus speaking to his disciples and to us with these statements that include when you, when you. And for the past several weeks, we've talked about when you pray, when you pray, because Jesus said When you pray, not if, and of course that means you will pray. There's an implied command there. And we've covered, we've talked about when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who are just showing off. And when you pray, don't be like the pagans who are just babbling words. And when you pray, pray this way, our Father, invoke your right as a child of God and reach out to your heavenly father. And last week we talked about when you pray, believe. Have faith, believe God. You can be expectant when you pray. We've looked at a couple of accounts of Jesus teaching this topic of prayer. One was in the gospel of Matthew chapter five, Another in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 5, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. That's what we've come to call what Jesus begins there. It goes all the way through to Matthew 7. And it's early in Jesus' ministry. And in the Gospel of Mark, it's very late. Very late in Jesus' ministry. Just a few days before he'd be crucified. And in both cases, Jesus tied when you pray with what we've already discussed, but he ended in both times, early in his ministry, end of his ministry, and I would think throughout his ministry, even at the times we don't have a record, that he tied prayer with forgiveness. And I wanna talk to you about that this morning, forgiveness. And go back to Mark chapter 11 and where we left off last week and read the final verse on this topic of prayer as Jesus was sharing about when you pray, believe. And remember, he had he'd cursed the fig tree. Peter was astonished. Jesus is saying, where's your faith? When you pray, believe. And he finished with this, Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, when you When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. When you pray, forgive. Forgive others their sin so your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. On the Gospel of Matthew, 
as we talked a few weeks ago about the Sermon on the Mount. And remember, again, that it was a large multitude of ordinary people, regular everyday people who had begun to follow Jesus. He went up on a hillside, sat down, he began to teach them. And it was there on that hillside where Jesus began to talk about Father. And he used this phrase repeatedly, your Father in heaven. And he even said, you can be children. You can be children of, of this Father, this God in heaven. And how that had to begin to sway these ordinary Jewish people who had a particular view of God based on Moses and the Old Testament and how God dealt with people. And remember, we talked about the people. They couldn't come close to the mountain and they were trembling with fear. And this was an image that they had of God and it perhaps may have been a harsh image, but here's Jesus is talking about a father and he presents this image of a father. And no wonder people were following and wanted to hear Jesus teaching He's offering something different. God is your father in heaven. And he said it several times leading into the topic of prayer. And then he said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. When you pray, don't be like the, the pagans. When you pray, pray this way, our father. And I can see the smiling faces. Wow, what a way to come to God. I can, I can say our father these people are, are receiving this beautiful revelation of God. And then Jesus gives his model prayer, what we've come to call the Lord's Prayer, and he wraps it up talking about forgiveness. So let's revisit that and then read the, the end. Matthew chapter 6, this is 12 to 14. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The, the close of what we call the Lord's Prayer. But he goes on, verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. He's saying this a little differently than we heard in Mark. There it was, forgives, so your father may forgive you. It was a little more positive. Here it's coming across a little more on the, on the negative with the word not. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Hold on a second. Hasn't Jesus been talking about this father, our heavenly father, and it all sounds wonderful. And you, you say, our Father, which art in heaven. And, and the, I can see these, these folks are, they're, they're lifted and they're encouraged. But then he gives them this hard thing. It's, it's kind of a hard saying, a pretty tall task. Forgive those who've sinned against me. And if not, my Father in heaven will not forgive me. That's right. And what is this saying about God? God's a good father, yes. And he has standards. 
And he's holding to his standards. If you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive you. Now, now wait a minute. Ha- haven't we all heard if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? 1 John 1, 9? Well, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. God is faithful. He will forgive the, the penitent heart, those who repent, confess your sins, and he will forgive you. And that's amazing. But, but there's more to it. Remember what we talked about last week. You can't read one line of scripture and ignore the thousands of lines of scripture around it. We've got to take in the whole word of God. Look at other Areas that speak to the same topic. God forgives, yes, but we have other scripture like the ones we've just read. Two accounts of Jesus talking about forgiveness. When you pray, forgive those who've sinned against you so that my Father in heaven will forgive you your sins. And he said, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Mark and Matthew. Let's, let's talk about forgiving others. It can be hard. Very hard sometimes. Yet Jesus is speaking clearly. And he's saying withholding forgiveness has consequences. And he says it really straightforward. Your father will not forgive your sins. All right, okay, we heard Jesus, got it. All right, okay, I'll take that. And somebody hurt me, or somebody hurt you, sinned against you, so you swallow hard. Mm. I'm gonna forgive that person that hurt me so much. And, and, And it's not so much the external pain, is it? No, it's not that, it's, it's, it's someone who t- talked about you behind your back or, or did something that pained your heart and it caused your stomach to churn and you've been losing sleep about it. And then you finally, you finally made it to the point where you say, okay, I'm going to forgive that person. And you, you find that place in your heart and you forgive that person. And all's well, all's well. And, and you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling better. I've done it. I've forgiven that person. And I know my Father in heaven is smiling on me because he, he told me to forgive and I did. And then that person who stabbed you in the back stabbed you in the back again. And the second time they did it on purpose. Ooh, Okay. My father knows the score. He knows what's going on. He knows I forgave this person. And I did it once. And I made it to that place. And they stabbed me in the back and I forgave them. I did what I was supposed to do. And I don't know if I can do it again. Do I have to do it again? God, you know. You know. One of Jesus' disciples, I think, had perhaps similar feelings. 
He's totally transparent about it. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And that was one of Jesus' closest followers. His name was Peter. And Jesus gave him a great reply, a detailed reply. And if you have your Bible, open it to Matthew 18, because we're going to look at Jesus' reply to Peter and his answer to this question. Lord, how many times shall I forgive? So Matthew 18, beginning at verse 21, we're going to go through to 35. Read the whole account because it's important and it's God's word. Peter asking this question. Verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him, and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It's a parable of Jesus, an answer to Peter's question. And it's a story, a parable, not necessarily a true story, but a story Jesus presents to make a point. And it seems very straightforward, not too difficult to interpret. One line at the open we might take and say, well, how can we interpret it? Before, before the story, Peter asked the question, how many times, how many times must I forgive? And Jesus responded, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And some Bibles translate that line, 70 times seven. 77 times, 490 times, uh, is Jesus really getting down to us 
counting on our fingers how many times we're going to forgive someone. No. He's making a point. Every time. Really every time. And if it gets beyond both hands, just stop counting. It's every time. Every time a brother or sister sins against you, forgive. Well, that's a pretty tall order. Then he goes on with the parable. He's driving home the point. A man who was a servant to a king and owed the king an immense debt. The image Jesus used is a monetary debt. 10,000 bags of gold. What's the point of that? What's, What's the idea behind this number and gold? Well, it's an impossible sum. It's just an impossible debt to be paid. And that image Jesus ties to our forgiveness of others and God's forgiveness to us. And we have been forgiven an impossible debt. We've been forgiven a debt owed because of our sin. And it was a debt paid by Jesus, a blood debt, a a capital crime. That's sin. It's a capital crime. It required blood. Jesus paid the blood debt. And we see this in this image of 10,000 bags of gold. It's an impossible debt. When the man couldn't pay the debt, he, he begged for patience. He begged for more time. And the merciful king said, I give you the whole thing. I'm going to forgive the entire debt. All of it. And that's an image of the mercy of our heavenly father. The heavenly father that Jesus had talked so much about. This is a picture of his mercy, his grand mercy. And now this same man who received all the mercy, he was owed a a paltry sum by a fellow servant. Now these two men, they picture the likes of us. Servants of the king. The forgiven servant, he approached his fellow servant. How? How? Nicely? No, harshly. Choking him. Choking him and demanding payment for this trivial sum. A hundred silver coins. Compare that to 10,000 bags of gold. No comparison. No comparison. Okay, pay me my, 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 pay me my pennies, basically, compared to, to the impossible debt. And when that fellow servant couldn't pay, what did the forgiven one do? He had him thrown in prison. And when the king heard about this, he had that that servant thrown into prison to be tortured. These are some tough words from Jesus. Do we like it when our loving Savior talks this way? It's it's hard. It's hard for us to to read. These are the words of Jesus. He he had him tossed into prison to be tortured. And we can't avoid it. We can't ignore what Jesus said here. You wicked servant. And who does that servant represent? Represents us when we're unforgiving. You wicked servant. You should have shown mercy. Then Jesus said in anger. In anger, the king handed him over to the jailers to be tortured. There's no minced words here. And Jesus, 
punctuates the story. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So what can we take away from all of this? What stands out from the passage in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, Mark, before Jesus was crucified, and and this passage, what stands out from all we've been talking about? If I don't forgive, I'm hurting myself. I, I hurt myself. Jesus said, when you pray, if you do not forgive others, your father will not forgive you. If you don't forgive others their sins, he will not forgive your sins. It's like a self-inflicted wound. Withholding forgiveness. This is like wounding myself. It hurts. It hurts me. It hurts us. God's not going to forgive us. And it stands to reason, this is why Jesus in his model prayer, he included forgiveness as part of the prayer. Father, forgive us as we forgive others. It's a reminder. Hey, what have I I been doing? Have I been forgiving others? I just prayed, God, you forgive me. Use me as the example as I've forgiven others. I think I've had to let that sink in a few times. And then he he adds another dimension here in this parable. Withholding forgiveness, it not only hurts us. Withholding forgiveness It incites the anger of God. In his anger, the king turned the servant over to prison to be tortured. And and Jesus said, this is how your father in heaven sees unforgiveness. This is how he treats unforgiveness. Let that penetrate for a moment. If I hold a grudge, am I holding a grudge? If I hold a grudge, if I'm bitter about what someone has done to me, if I'm resentful against someone, if I'm then unforgiving, I'm provoking God's anger. You know, I always like to hear the love of the Father. That's wonderful. The warmth of the Father, it's great. The care of the Father, it's soothing. But the angry Father... God can be angry and he can be righteously angry. And I can be the cause. And may it never be. And even though I say may it never be, it has been. It has been. I've been guilty of harboring unforgiveness. And what happens? Well, I just read it. Do I want my father angry? How can I get rid of this? How can we get rid of this practice that that incites and provokes the anger of God? This unforgiveness that affects our prayers and it brings God to this place. We're told when we pray, forgive. And it seems so difficult to forgive, especially if someone hurt us so bad. And then perhaps they hurt us again and even again. How can we get to this place? How can we get to this place of forgiveness? Well, first, it begins with a decision in the heart. It's about an attitude of the heart. Like the man in the parable who saw his fellow servant who owed him a debt. And what was his decision? What did he decide in his heart? 
Oh, I'm going to get my, I'm getting my, my due. I'll go grab a hold of that guy and he grabs him by the neck and he starts to shake him. Pay me back. He's angry and he's, he's, he's bitter and he's resentful and he's choking him. He grabs him and chokes him. He made that decision. He could have made the decision differently. He could have decided to have mercy like the mercy he received. But he didn't give any thought to giving mercy. We've got to come to this decision to be merciful, to forgive. And it's not always easy, not always easy. And that, that, that decision, to arrive at that decision, realize, realize you've been forgiven an impossible debt. There's the image that Jesus gave us. Realize you've been given this mercy. You've received payment of an impossible debt. And from there, then, then, then we can begin the process. And it's a process sometimes to get to that point of fully forgiving. And I, I want to talk about it, but, but just a few points first. That forgiveness, when we forgive, it, it doesn't always wash away punishment. Someone may have done wrong. They may have hurt you. Maybe they, they crashed into your car. And forgiveness uh, doesn't negate that they, they may be punished for that. They may, you know, the civil government may be dealing with them. You can forgive, but you're not going to negate that. And your forgiveness, it doesn't negate your right to restitution if the situation might involve that. In the, in, the, in the parable, the image was a monetary debt. And then each man begged leniency for, for this debt. They wanted patience. And there may be times when you might forgive a monetary debt. But it's not wrong to expect compensation for, say, someone who, who damaged your house or, or, or your car. You can be willing to forgive, and you may forgive a driver... You forgive their action, but there's still consequences. Now, King David of the Old Testament, who committed adultery and murder, he was forgiven. God forgave him, but there were consequences. He did not lift the consequences due his sin. Another point, forgiveness doesn't always necessitate reconciliation. Perhaps a person who hurt you and hurt you bad moved far away or maybe they even passed away. Perhaps he had an unfaithful spouse who left you and, and is remarried. You offering forgiveness, you coming to a place of forgiveness, forgiveness is possible, but not reconciliation. It's not always part and parcel. Or maybe someone broke your trust. They stole from you. They broke a confidence. Now, you, you may never be restored to that place of trust again. You can forgive, but you may need to completely redefine the relationship. And, and more so with a repeat offender. Joseph, the Old Testament character, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. And he was willing to forgive his brothers. But before there was reconciliation he tested his brothers he tested their word he tested their trust so don't see forgiveness 
as, as a doormat, so to speak, to the door where someone's just going to walk all over you. No, that's not it. But Jesus calls us, doesn't he? He's calling us to forgive. He, he, he's telling us to have this forgiveness in our heart. And as I said, sometimes it can be a process to getting to that point of forgiving in your heart. So let's consider this, this process, if you will, making uh, the action of forgiveness happen. And when it's hard, and it's taking you time to work it out, recall this morning's parable. Get it in your heart. Get to that place where you can say, I have been forgiven an impossible debt. Let me see others with that perspective. I've received so much mercy, mercy beyond mercy, overwhelming, impossible, but God's granted that to me. He's, he's given me new life. He's not gonna look at my sin because I've repented and I've gone to him and he's forgiven me. Then consider, then consider what you've got to forgive. No comparison. 10,000 bags of gold, 100 silver coins. Now think about God's forgiveness. God forgives us, right? Right. He forgives when we confess. He forgives when we confess, when we repent, when we turn from our sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. Yes, when we confess and confess as we're repenting and he'll cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Now, what does that mean? Does God forgive everyone? Not everyone. Everyone who'll receive his forgiveness, everyone who'll repent. We know, we know there's a heaven and a hell. Jesus talked about heaven and hell. He said the road is narrow and few find it that leads to life. And the road is wide and many are on it that leads to destruction or hell. And if God forgives, is it unconditional without the necessity to repent? And if that's the case, then all are forgiven. Heaven is full. Hell's not necessary. But hell's real. It does not need to be our destination because of our sin. No, that debt is paid. That debt is paid. Jesus paid it. And he's ready and willing to give that as a free gift called forgiveness to any and all who sincerely repent in their hearts. Repent and there will be forgiveness. It, it's there. The forgiveness is there. It's available. It's, it's, it's wide open to be received as a free gift. Like, a, like this. Jesus has it all packaged up. He's got forgiveness waiting for you. There it is. It's ready. He's made the decision in his heart already to forgive. He's already paid the debt. And if we picture it just like a, like a gift already wrapped, it's got the bow on it. Will you receive it? And many do not. No, I don't want your gift. I don't want it. I refuse it. But he's got it all packaged and waiting. Will you receive it? 
That's the attitude Jesus wants us to adopt, this idea of forgiveness. Someone's hurt you. They've offended you. They've sinned against you. Hey, wrap up the package. Get it ready. Prepare that forgiveness in your heart. And then when you cross paths with that person again who sinned against you, you're ready. You have this attitude. I've got a gift for you. Now, maybe you're going to have to reach out to that person. Hey, we need to talk. Hey, we need to talk. Something has gone on between us. We need to get together. We need to settle some things. You know, you don't go choking them, right? You know, say, hey, hello. Hey, come on. We need to get in the cage and throw down. No, 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 no. You don't approach violently choking and grabbing. No. You have this attitude. Okay, it took me time to wrap this up. I, wanna, I do want to give it to you. And if you prepare like that, you can be ready then to forgive. There was a, a person here a number of years ago who didn't like what we were teaching. Didn't like our foundational classes at the time we called catechism. Didn't like what our pastor was, was teaching from the pulpit. Uh, pastor Dunn at the time. And let us know. And in my dealings with that uh, person, I, I had said this is, you know, this is not sin, this is not right, it's, it's really sin that you're, you're calling out the elders of the church and the pastor of the church and accusing them of false teaching. And you can't do that. Well, um, that person decided to leave the church. Now we were prepared. We would forgive. But they left. And then a year and a half or so later, and I, I, I received this about four years ago. It, said, it says, hello, Reverend Visgra. I'm not quite sure if you remember me. Now, I won't say the name. It says, I went to Bethesda a number of years ago. I want to send an apology that I hope you will pass on. I don't have everyone's email, but I'm hoping they'll all get this. I misbehaved. I misbehaved myself and spoke to people in a very ungodly manner. Actually, Pastor Dunn showed me my unkind attitude in my speech. I know when I went there, there was also some misbehavior towards a person that he names and towards the leadership of catechism. I am deeply sorry for my wrongdoings and I've realized it was wrong of me to try to tell you anything. God has made you the leaders of Bethesda and it's not my right to go against that even though I did. Now, I hope this apology is fitting. I wanted to come back to Bethesda but I don't want to cause any trouble. So I'm not quite sure if returning is the best thing for me to do. And then some nice comments and thank you for your help while I was there and God bless you. And I'll tell you what, when I got that, I, I was, uh, it, it, it made me cry. And I immediately got a hold of that person and said, come on, come on back. You're forgiven. And that was, that was repentance from the heart. 
Now this thing here, it had already been prepared. It had already been prepared. We, we knew and the ministers knew and we talked and we're ready to, sometimes it's tough to get there. Sometimes it's hard to wrap this thing up. The transaction really didn't occur until we were able to come back together. There was a once a person here that I interacted with, and they lied straight to my face. I just I'm I always say, hey, I'll just listen to you. I believe you, and that was that. That was okay. But I came to know later that same day that really was a straightforward lie. So I reached back to this person and said, hey, maybe we should talk. Let's just talk. And I didn't hear anything. I said, please call me, nothing. Very next day, though, that person shows up unannounced, comes into my office with tears, tears, just crying. I cannot believe I did that. I cannot believe, cried tears of repentance and here you go. Got to give it. Can't hold anything against you. And it's beautiful when someone's willing to, to repent. There's, there's this beautiful transfer of this gift called forgiveness. But sometimes things don't go that way. Someone might say, I'm not sorry. Really, I'm not. And I'll do it again. Just like Jesus' gift of forgiveness, though, are we ready? Have we prepared, even though we've been hurt? And even though they say, no, I don't want it. You know, Jesus has got this ready for everyone, the whole world, all who've rejected him. But he's prepared to give it. And have we done that even for someone who says, I, I'm not even sorry. And that's happened to me too. Where I, I've been personally hurt by someone and we've talked and I, I, I've said, hey, will you turn from this? No, nope. not going to. And then I will shut out, shut out. No response to phone, email, Nothing. But my last transaction was, hey, I'd like to forgive. I want to forgive you. I'm ready. But if they never show up, you've got to already be there. And I know sometimes it takes a while to pack this thing up. It does. But make it your attitude. Make it your attitude that you'll prepare this forgiveness if somebody's gone if, if they've left town if they've moved to another country if they've died you know, take, take this thing called forgiveness that you've prepared put it down put it, put it down you, know, you can't even give it I get that but put all your bitterness and resentment with it too put that in there that person's never going to be back to say they're sorry, that's all right. Your attitude is you were going to forgive them, 
Put down the bitterness, the angst, all that you've been carrying so that when you pray, you have forgiven. Have that attitude. Relieve yourself of the bitterness and the anger that you've been carrying. Have the attitude that you've prepared this and you're ready or that you've already passed it on with someone who's, who's been able to, to interact with you. And your father in heaven, he's smiling, he's not provoked. And your father in heaven will forgive you. And the Lord knows. The Lord knows. I need his forgiveness. I need his forgiveness. And I know there's times in all of our lives where that's the case. So as, as we draw our service to a close this morning, let's, let's stand and, and offer that to the Lord. If you've been struggling with someone to, to forgive, if you've been working hard to get over something, but you haven't been able to get to this place where you could pack up your, your forgiveness as a gift to give, you know, you give it to God this morning. And remember, 10,000 bags of gold versus a couple of coins, a few coins. Think about that. If you've been struggling with, with someone who's hurt you. And I believe this will affect your prayer life. It'll affect all your life. Why do I believe that? Because Jesus said so. That's it, Jesus. And he said it more than once. So let's take it to heart. Let's take it to heart. Let's just take, take a minute to you know, be introspective. If there's someone somewhere in your life that you haven't been able to come to this point, try to get there before we leave this morning. Jesus, help us, God. Help us to exemplify the forgiveness that he gave, the forgiveness that he has ready for any and all who turn to him. God, help our hearts have that attitude that we'd be ready if anyone who's hurt us, anyone who's sinned against us, God, that we would be ready with that attitude to forgive, to show them mercy, and not just once, God, but as Jesus instructed, time to be merciful. God, help us to have that attitude of Jesus. God, if there's anyone in this room struggling because they've been hurt, because their pain level is deep for someone who's hurt them so, God, help them get to that point. Help them, Lord. Help them to, to, to drop the, the attitude of vengeance choking another God God help them to have an attitude of forgiving as Jesus did though he was betrayed and beaten and mocked he forgave help us all God Lord into your hands we commit it into your hands we commit it any of our pain any of those who who've help us God Help us to get around that corner. Help us to begin to, to, to wrap up our forgiveness to give. 
And we thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that can help us. Thank you for Jesus who gave his life for every single one of us and provided forgiveness for our sins on the cross. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now bless your people, God. Bless them as they go. Your hand to be upon them. Lord, your grace to be with them. Carry them, God, this week till we meet again to worship your holy name. And we ask it. We ask it, Father. In the name above all names, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Amen.